Begin the current daf and start this Babakam daf kovav. Begin on the top line of the Yomit, where the Gemara continues the discussion it's in the middle of from the previous daf. The Gemara had quoted from Rav Sheshis that if someone is just kafir bipikadon, he's a he's a shemachinim, he's a watchman, he's watching somebody else deposit, and then he denies having responsibility for it. He claims that it was stolen from him, and truthfully, then witnesses come and say, "What are you talking about? You still have it. You're lying." Now, even if he didn't make a shvula sheker, which is the context that the Pasuk is usually where it talks about, still he already becomes a gazan, because the fact that he tried getting out of paying back this guy's deposit, he was already a thief, and he's already going to be liable in Nainzen. Whereas, although there are other halachas that are only chay, let's say the chaymish penalty or the carbon ashram is only after he makes a shvula sheker, not only did he say that, he's, that he got stolen from him, he actually swore to that effect, that would be for the Chaymish and the Ashim, but for the liability, whereas although up until now he was a Shemachinim, he was exempt from Geneva Aveda, and for sure an Einzen, but now that he was caught at least being Kichish, but at least denying the, his liability, that he was claiming that it was stolen, even without a Shvu, he's going to already be Chaim in Einzen up until he gives it back to the guy who owns the deposit. That was Rav Sheish Now the Gemara asked a question, now and the Gemara gave an answer, now the Gemara continues asking him Rav Sheish Ask the Gemara. But Ba'amar Ilfa Ilfa had said, the oath that the Shimer makes about that I swear that I that it was stolen from me and therefore I'm exempt, which really he stole it, he really has it, that acquires for him that object. Now the assumption of the Gemara is, what do you mean acquires him? It's not a Kenyan. What does it mean he acquires it? It means he acquires it for like Kenyana Gazela which is that from now on, he's like a gazan, he's going to be chayv and oinsim, anything that happens to it, from the moment that he made a false oath regarding the fact that it was stolen from him when really he had it. So ask the Gemara, it sounds like from Ilfa Shvu, it's only an oath that makes the kinyani of Gizela of oinsim for the shemit to be chayv, but just denying it would not make it a kinyan for him, which is not like Rav Shesha. Rav Shesha, the liability for oinsim, starts even before the Shvu already from just denying it. So the Gemara answers, just like I gave the answer on Rabbi Bahamas' question from the Brisa, where it was proven from the Brisa that the liability of Einstein is only going to be when you have a Shvua, yet according to Avshesha, should be from the moment that he denies it even without an oath. So the Gemara had answered, and the Gemara is giving the same answer over here, that when it's a swamp, when it's not available right now, so then it's something that on some level, it really doesn't have it. And therefore, such a denial would not make him be chayv and einzin. It's only when he's holding it in his hand as a straight-out lie and he has it ready. That's where, he, already from the denial, Adam saying, what are you talking about, you have it in your hand? That's where Rav Shesha said that he'd be chayv and einzin. But if it's in the swamp, he doesn't really have it at that moment. So only would a, a shvua, would Ilfa, as Rav Shesha agrees, would it be kinda to be chayv and einzin. But before that, that's not where Rav Sheshit was talking about, that he also agrees that it's in the Agam, in the Swam, that, that just denying that situation would not make you liable in Einzim. The Ibai said, if you want to give a different answer, that actually, what does Ilfa mean when he says that with the oath he acquires it? doesn't mean, as we had assumed in our question and in the first answer, that he acquires it regarding the Chiv of Einzim. It means literally, the, the Shimer who was lying and he said that it was stolen from him, he actually fully acquires it, and that is, he wouldn't actually even pay for it anymore for the liability. What does that mean? As the Gemara says, Kid Ravuna. Then Ravuna, Rav, Ravuna said the name of Rav. Let's say somebody tells somebody else, There's a mana of mine in your hand, you owe me, there's a deposit of money that I gave you. He says, What are you talking about? There's nothing of yours in my hand. And more to that effect, he actually swears falsely. 
And the witnesses come and say, what are you talking about? We know you have that manna that this guy gave you. Says Rav Huna, Patri is going to be exempt. What does that mean? He denied and he even swore to that effect. And now their witnesses are coming and verified that he has it. Why is he exempt? Because it says in the Pasuk in Shemais, and this is in Perich of Beis Pasuk Yud, which talks about this halacha of a shamer, where there's going to be an oath between the two of them. He has to verify that he kept all the, the laws and the rules. So the Pasuk concludes, So the owner takes that oath, and and therefore he doesn't have to pay, the shamer doesn't have to pay anymore. What that means to say is, Once the owner of the deposit accepts the shvuah, so now the Shemit doesn't have to pay money anymore, even if witnesses actually subsequently come. Because since in payment, he has to give him either the money or he has to make an oath. So once he gives him the oath, that exempts him. And that's what Ilfa means to say that he's kaina. He actually acquires the object, meaning if even witnesses later come and say, not like this guy swore, he obviously was swearing falsely, it doesn't make a difference, it's already too late. His oath totally exempts him. That's the Allah of Ilfa, but that doesn't contradict Rav Sheish. It's not Tomat Kinyanim of sim of liability. It's someone actually acquiring the object. Now, Gufa, the Gemara quotes now, which we introduced this to give the second answer on the question we had from Ilfa. Now the Gemara discusses this halacha of Amar Abhun Amarav. He said that somebody tells the other guy, there's a man of mine in your hand, meaning I gave you a deposit to watch me. And the other guy says, it's not true, I have nothing of yours by me. And even swore falsely. And then witnesses came and said, ah, you're a liar. You swore falsely. We know that you have it. Patri is exempt from paying back that deposit, which we just verified through witnesses that he really had it and he was lying. He's exempt from having to give that back to the owner. Because it says in the Pasuk, as we quoted before, the owner takes it and doesn't pay. Meaning, once the owner accepted, in lieu of payment, accepted an oath from the guy who was denying it, so shuvein mishalma mamen. So therefore, you don't pay money anymore. Now, Amar Rava Rava says, "Mistaber milse de Rav." It would be logical to explain this halacha of Rav that Rav Huna said in, in his name, "Bimilva by a loan." Deloit saw that a loan is meant to be to be spent. Now, it, regarding such a, a thing like a loan, what you need to do is you need to pay back money. Meaning, you don't give back the actual money. The money is given to you as to be spent. So you could say that with an oath that exempted him from tashlum and from payment because that's what the Pasuk is saying, that he accepts the, the oath, but lo yisham, it doesn't pay because that's what tashlumen is. You give compensation for something else that you had taken. So it would make sense that the halacha would apply by a milva. But by a deposit, an object, someone's borrowing or watching whatever type of shaman that he is, that that is always in the, the domain of the owner. He owns it. And therefore, it wouldn't apply because wherever it is, it's the owner. It's not like he's paying him something. It's not a payment. It's just mine. Let me take my object back. So therefore, it would make sense that there you wouldn't say that, oh, he already exempted himself with the oath. Okay, so you don't have to pay me things. But it's not payment. My object is right there. We have two witnesses just verified. You're a liar. Give me back my thing. But says Rav Kim, which is a term of, of him taking an oath, that Amar Rav, Rav said this halacha, even by an object that... And, and he claimed that he doesn't have his object. And witnesses say, there it is, you have his object. He doesn't have to give it back. He really exempted himself with the Shavuot. Because the Chiksim Krab, says Rabbi, because the Pasig that we're quoting over here, of Alei Shalom is written by a deposit, by a Shemr Sacher, which is someone that's watching for pay, which is watching someone's object. And still we say, once he makes the oath, he's exempt, even if Adam come afterwards. So Rav's halacha was even by a Pekadon.
Yesterday, Rav Nachman Rav Nachman was sitting and was saying over this teaching of Rav Huna in the name of Rav. Which, again, that once he gives a Shvua, he's exempt even if Edom come afterwards. Now, Esavir Rav Acha Barmenyumi Rav Nachman. Rav Acha Barmenyumi asked to Rav Nachman from a mission later on on the Kovchesim base on this halacha of, of Rav. The Mishnah says, If someone says to somebody else, Where's my deposit? On my layover, he says, It got lost. And he's a Shemach, and he's exempt if it gets lost or stolen. So he says, Swear to me that that's the case, that you're not just lying to me and you really have it. He says, Yes, that means that's a consent, that's as if he swore himself. And that's how he exempts himself. Then witnesses come and testify, You're a liar. You didn't, it didn't get lost. You ate it. Says, says the Mishnah, So the, the thief, which he really is, I mean, the, who up until now was the Shemachinam, he has to pay for the principal. Now, he doesn't have to pay for Kefal, which uses the halacha when Adam come and say that you stole it, you're a liar, you have to usually pay Kefal. Here in this case, it doesn't apply because his, he didn't say it was stolen from me, he said it was lost from me. And the whole halacha of kefal, when you're a shamer, it's only when he is toying tiny gun when he claims it was stolen from him. Moreover, you don't pay a chaymish or bring a carbon ashem because that halacha only applies when he admits his own guilt after he swore falsely. As we learned in the parish of Gezla Ger, when you steal from a convert, it says vizvadu, that they then admit their guilt. So, but he has to pay the principal. If let's say after he swore falsely, he himself admitted that um, I was sorry, I was lying. I really wasn't lost. I really ate it myself. So then then he has to pay the principal and the fifth and the carbon ashram. That's the Mishnah. Now, one thing that the, that the Gemara is asking is that we learn the Reisha that he has to pay the principal even though he already swore when Adam then come later and say, you're a liar, it wasn't lost from you. You actually ate it. Now, that's difficult according to Rav, because he said that once you take an oath, you don't have to pay, even if Adam subsequently come. Now, moreover, Rashi just says that the Gemara's question is not from the Seifa, because when the guy himself admits, their Rav didn't say that once you take a Shavuah that you're exempt, because the whole Pasuk of Heshav as Exela was said by somebody that swears falsely, and then he admits, which then you chayv for Chaymash and Asha. But the question is from the Reisha, why when Adam later come, is it going to be chayv if, if that was the whole Allah of Ravun Rav, that once you swear, you're exempt. So only Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman responded to the questioner, to Rav Achba Yumi. He said, Hachamayiskina, what are we talking about over here in this Mishnah? Is where the oath that he took was out of court. Where that's not a full-fledged oath to exclude him and preclude him from the liabilities of money. So although he swore, once Eid going to come, which it takes place in court, that will make him liable. The halacha of Rav Hunam Rav was said in court if he makes a full-fledged shmur, then he's exempt, then the Yisham doesn't have to pay anymore. But here in the Mishnah was, yeah, although he took an oath, but it was out of court. So it doesn't have that same strength, and therefore if Adam later come, it'll be chayv. Now, on that Omalei, Rav Achaman Yumi asked back to Rav Nachman, if that's the case that you're telling me that the Mishnah is talking about, where the oath that he took was out of court, well then Amos Seva, look at the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, where the, the ratio was talking about when he's toying tainus of it, that it was sto- lost from him, the Seva then talks about toying tainus of when he claims it was stolen from him. So let's say the guy says, Heichen Bigdani, where's my deposit? Amalei Nignav, he says it was stolen from me. He says, Mashbe'achani, want you to swear to me? He says, yes. Then the witnesses come along and say, what are you talking about it was stolen from you? You stole it, you're a liar, you actually took it yourself. So the halacha there is Mesham Tashlumi Kevo, here it's different because that's what we said before, the halacha of 
Kefal, besides when a regular thief, there's also a guy who is a shaman who claims it was stolen from him. So that was what happened over here. And then witnesses come, he has to pay himself double the amount. Let's say, let's say if he admits it on his own, that I know I claimed it was stolen from me, really I stole it myself. Then he has to pay the principal, the fifth, and the carbon ashram, which is what happens when you swear falsely that it was stolen, and then you admit it yourself. Now, asks if you would entertain to say the Mishnah is talking about, like you described for the Reisha, to answer for Avunah Marab, that it's talking about the oath is out of court, then who's, why would there be a halacha of kefal over here? The halacha when witnesses come along and say that you're lying, that it's not true that it was stolen from you, you, you yourself, the shame, you stole it yourself, is only if he first swore falsely. But if he didn't swear in court, that doesn't have the validity of being chayv kefal. So why would he be chayv kefal if Adam later come and say it's not true, like you said, that it was stolen from you, you stole it yourself? So Amalish Rav Nachum responded to him, he says, look, I could answer you for your question, that Reisha Chutz Labazin, the first halacha of the Brisa that we quoted before regarding when he claims it was lost from him, that's Tomah when he swore out of court, and that's why even if Adam later come, he will be chayv, and that doesn't contradict Rav Hun Rav. Vesefa Bebazin, and that the other halacha of him is Tomah when he took the oath in court, and that's why he'll be chayv careful when witnesses later come. I'm not going to give you a contrived answer, because to say that they're talking about two different situations, is a contrived answer. Rather, Rather, I'll explain to you that the mission is not going to be difficult, even though both of them are talking about, like we see from the Seifa, obviously, it's talking about in court, so to the ratios in court. So why, again, is that not difficult in Rav which we said that if it's in court, it's a full shvua, should not be high if later if witnesses come. The reason is because Khan over here in the ratio, which said that he has to pay with the later witnesses, is because of Although that he took the oath in court, there's still something deficient in it being a full-fledged oath. Because he went and he jumped first, this defendant jumped first and swore before the courts mandated that he swear. Now, when Rav said his halacha, it was not when the guy jumps, it was rather when the judges make him take an oath. Now, it's when that court-mandated oath in court, when he then makes that oath, that acquires for him that object and exempts him even if witnesses later come because the pasig that talks about the Shvua that is between the two of them says that's when they come to, to the courts. That's by Shvua's Hadayanan. Khan over here at the end of the Mishnah is Bishaloi Kofetz. It's when he didn't jump to make the oath first by himself. And the reason why you have to say that is because the, the safe is mandating a, a, a liability of Kefal. And Kefal is only also only by Shvua's Hadayanan. So therefore, the ratio we have to say is talking about that he jumped first. And again, as Rashi explains, it's preferable to rather say that it's talking about by two different cases, but in one place, which is in the court, and not to say it's talking about two different places. Like I said, I'm not going to give you a deichik teretz by saying the ratio is out of court and the safe is in court. No, they're both in court, but still there's something lacking in the ratio because he went and he jumped first to make the oath. Okay, that's not a full-fledged oath. Therefore, if Edom later come, you'll be higher. For when the Marab was talking about a full-fledged shvuas hadayanin. Now, moreover, Rashi points out that the safe itself is not difficult to rob, because although a teacher that is chayiv kefal even after he makes a shvua, which for sure that would include the karen, and yet Rav had said that once you make the shvua, you're totally exempt, that Rav agrees when you're a toin tanas ganav, as the Gemara later on explains, the whole shvua is what actually the Torah tells you is what makes you liable for kefal. So obviously it's not acquiring for you the karen, and you'll be chayiv even made them later come. He's only talking about, not in the case of toin tanas ganav, 
Let's say when he says, I don't have this thing that you're talking about, or tiny tiny of it, but not tiny tiny ganav. There, Rav would agree that even if you make the shvua, of course you're going to be chayav later on kefal, because that's the whole halach of kefal. It's when the Torah says, when you take an oath, and then later witnesses come and say that you lied, then you're going to be in kefal. Now, but the Gemara says, Amalei Rami Barcham al Rav Nachman. He says, Mechdi, let's see. The Rav, lo yisvirlach, you don't hold of this halacha of Rav Hunam Rav. So, mashkuni nafshach ad the Rav, which from the word of collateral, putting yourself out there, making yourself like collateral over Rav to come and to try to answer all the difficulties and the questions everyone's asking, Lamalach, why are you getting so involved and rationalizing, giving these types of terutzim when you don't even, it's not even your own opinion that you're defending? Somebody said to him, Lefushul ad Rav, I'm coming to explain the halacha of Rav, showing why the, why the questions are not difficult not in Rav, even though you're right, that I don't hold of his halacha. Now, and that's just to say that the Rav, that's how Rav would answer the Mishnah over there in Lafkovches, but not that that necessarily says that I hold like him. Now the Gemara actually asks, but Varav Krokama, Rav wrote a Pasik. The Pasik says, which that was the source for his interpretation. How is it possible that Rav Nachman doesn't hold the Vesalacha that once you take the Shvua, then you're exempt even if Adam later come? So Amidi said that Kra, the Pasik, actually according to Rav Nachman, comes to teach some a different halacha. And therefore it's not extra to teach what Rav Hunam Rav was, was extracting from that. Rather, it was It's coming to say a general rule regarding all those who take an oath in the uh, biblical halacha. It's neshbon It's coming to teach that it's those who are the defendants that they swear that they don't have to pay. It's the defendant who swears and exempts himself, but it's not the one who is the claimant to swear to go ahead and to collect. That's what the pasuk teaches. The yishalim. The the owner takes it and he doesn't pay, meaning. The one who should be paying, who's exempting himself from payment, he's the one that swears. Who's that? that that's the defendant. That's the one who's being, who's being uh, in the hot seat, who's being said that he stole. He wants to exempt himself. That's the one that takes the oath. That's the halacha the Pasuk's teaching. But not to tell you of the halacha of that once you make the shvua, that then you're exempt even if Adam later come. Now, Masar Rav Abnuna, the Gemara continues asking on this halacha of Rav. Rav Abnuna asks from Mishnah Mesech the Shavuos. The Mishnah says, if, if, if they make somebody who is denying a claim that he, that he owes somebody money, if they take, let's say in different courts, where they, they, they make him take an oath, and five times he swears, says the Mishnah, whether those oaths that he took denying the claim was in front of the court, or whether it's not in front of the court, and and he denies, and he swears falsely. Later on, when he admits his guilt, he's going to be liable for every single one of those oaths, for carbon Ashim and for the Chaymish. Now, said, Matam, what's the reason? Why you chayv for five different shvuas? He says, because since the defendant could have gone back and admitted, so it comes out that by every single claim, which he swore on, which they did it five times, in, in, let's say in five different courts, each time he was denying money, because these are things that were real claims, and he could have admitted to his guilt, instead he denied it, so therefore he's denying money, that's why each time it was a denial of money, that's why each one would be mechaiv, 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 and mechaiv, now, asks Rabbi Nuno, v'hocha, kaifetz lemetziza amrit, here in this halacha, in this mission, you can't say that the guy who took the shvua jumped first to take the shvua because Hishbiya loved Katani. From the fact that it didn't say Hishbiya, he made him take the oath, 
Rather, it says, Hishbiya Allah, he had them put the oath on him. Obviously, you can infer that it's through the judges that he imposed the Shavuah and that he accepted that responsibility when he was taking that oath. Moreover, which this is forewarning both of the answers we had given originally for Rav from the other questions, neither can you say that these oaths are taking place out of the court because because the, the, the Mishnah said clearly that it's even if it's in front of the court. So it's in court and he didn't jump first to make the oath. And yet still we learned there in the Mishnah that as Rabbi Shimon explained halacha is that he could, he could go back and he could admit his guilt which obviously that was the explanation of halacha, that it's still a monetary claim by him, even though he already went and made the first shvua. The next four shvuas, what is it? What do you mean could have gone back and admitted and then been liable? And therefore by denying, he's denying a monetary claim. How could he be liable? Once you make the first shvua, you're exempt. Even if Adam would later come, you'd be exempt. So what is it that, how do we understand according to Rav that you're going to be liable for the remaining four shuas that you made falsely if you already were exempt and there's no, even if you would have admitted you would have been exempt. So on that, the Gemara says, Who might have loved Rav Amnuna asked the question and he gave the answer. Ketani. It's that the words are actually not one long case, it's actually separate cases. Meaning, when the Mishnah said, love, that, he, that he made him take the oath, that was actually chutz lebezin. That was actually out of the court. Meaning, even though that the courts made him liable for a shvua, but since we ultimately, because we said before the deek is his love, is the courts making him take the shvua, fine, but he ultimately ended up taking the oath out of the court. So therefore, that's not going to acquire from, as we said before, if you do it out of the court, that's not a full-fledged shvua to acquire that lo yeshalem anymore. Now then when it says, ubebezdin, that it was in court, that wasn't going on the case of Hishbiya love when that the, the courts had mandated the Shavuah. That was Kafetz when he jumped himself. So although we said you have both components, which that it's in court and that they made him take the Shavuah, so we thought that that's going to, that's going to keep Rav from, from answering with those answers, that we say, and that Rav says no. There's actually two different cases. One is when they're mandating the Shavuah, but he took the Shavuah out of the court. The other one that says that he took it into court is but that they didn't mandate is where he jumped first. So therefore, the, the, both of those shvuas are lacking, and that's why it's not going to be a full-fledged king object, and if later on he makes another shvua, or if Adam would come, then he would be chayiv in that, li- in that liability. Now, Masav Rava. Rava asks from the following b'risa on the interpretation of Rav Amnuna in Rav. Because the way it sounded like from Rav Amnuna's question is that even if the guy would later on admit, because that was the whole base of the question. Rav Shimon was saying that, oh, if he would admit, he would be chayev. So since he's now, instead of admitting, he's denying it all these five times, so that's a, a swearing falsely on a on denial of a monetary claim. So that's what you chayev for each one. So Sanzik from Rav Avnuna, that the way he understands Rav, is even if the guy himself admits that he's going to be exempt. That's why the question was, but you see a case of when he's admitting that he would be chayev. And then he answered that's not true. That's only because those shvuas, you could be chayev because you didn't do a full-fledged shvuah. But had you done the full-fledged shvuah, even if he would be admitting, not only Adam coming afterwards, even if he himself admits, he's going to be exempt. And that is what Rava asks under Rav Nuna. The Bryce says, Bala bayis, which is a reference to the Shemer Chinam, because that's the terminology the Pasuk describes the Shemer in the Torah, should turn Tainis Ganav Bipikadon, who, who claims... Um, I, would, I know he's watching this thing for free for you, but I just want you to know it was stolen from me. 
And Venishba, then he swears even to that effect. But then Mahaydi admits, I'm sorry, you're right, it wasn't stolen from me. I really uh, am liable because actually I stole it myself. Uvo, Edim, and then witnesses come to that effect too. So says the Brysa, it depends. Im actually bo Edim if he admitted before the witnesses came. So Misham Karen Bachemish Vashim, he's going to be liable for the principal and for the fifth. And for a carbon ashram, not for kafel, because a person does not pay kafel based on his own admission. And although witnesses ultimately ended up coming, but he already was liable already from his own admission. Now, now if let's say he, actually witnesses came before he himself admitted, then Misham Tashlumi Kafel Ashram, then he's gonna have to pay kafel because of the witnesses and the carbon ashram, but not the fifth, because actually the fifth is included in double. Now, yeah, fifth is only 20%. It's included already in the double, like the Gemara explains in Perek Samachem and Beis. But one thing we see is that whether if he swore falsely and the witnesses come, or whether he swore falsely and then he himself admitted, that then, the, the, it's saying clearly in the Bible, that he's going to be chayv. Now, asks Rava Vahocho, but here in this case, Chutz Labezin, the Kofatz, the two approaches we were giving to explain Rav how to answer him for the other questions in the past, which either it's out of the court or he jumped and he made the shavu first before the the the, the made him make it. Let me that you can't say in this price because kefil katani. We learned that one of the halachas that's mentioning is that he's going to be chayef for kefil, which kefil is only if he made a full fledged shavu, which is in court and with the shavu of the yonin that the the, the, the yonin made him make it that he didn't jump and make it first. So then the question is, if you're telling me that even if seemingly we see here that even when he admits. Then we see that he is going to be chayv in the Karen, which is not like the way of Nun explained Rav, which was saying that he's going to be exempt even if he admits himself. Here we have clearly when he's admitting, he's going to be chayv even after he made a full-fledged shvua. You described Rav's halacha, which is seemingly the way you're describing is being contradicted from this b'risa, that if he made a full-fledged shvua, which we're explaining the b'risa to my full-fledged shvua, that then even if he admits himself, He's going to be exempt. Now here clearly that's contradictory because here we have a full-fledged shvu because he's chayv and kefil. And yet we said that when he's hoi demi that he's going to be chayv in the karen. Why is he chayv in the karen if according to Rav he's exempt? So Elamar Rav, rather Rav explains, he says, don't explain to answer Rav Amnuna's question which he previously asked from the Mishnah Masech the Shvuas. Like he said, let's study and there's two different cases where that would explain why he could go back and admit it. That's not the answer for the question on Rav Hunim Rav's halacha. Rather, he explains, because he just pr- disproved Rav Amnun's contention from the, his opinion from this b'risa, rather says Rav as follows, says, Kol haida, whenever the guy himself admits, then then it doesn't make a difference what his claim was when he was lying, even if he claimed that it was lost from him, it doesn't make a difference if he claimed that it was stolen from him, where if he had sworn and he admitted, their loyal Marav, their Rav did not say that he's going to be Pater. Because says Rav, because it says in the Pasuk, Vizvada. It says over there in the parish of Gezla Ger in Bamidbah Parakeh, it says that when he swore falsely, that then it says that he admits, which that's what the Pasuk tells us, the Shlumi Karen that's the halacha of that you have to pay the principal and the fifth. So if the guy is admitting afterwards, says, Rava, clearly not like the way Rav Amnuna was entertaining, as you see from his question from that Mishnah Sech Shvuas. You don't have to come on to say, let's start then. The halacha is that actually you're going to be chayv if you admit yourself. Now, 
Moreover, says Rava, if let's say he claimed that it was stolen from him, and then witnesses come, there also Rav did not say that he's going to be exempt from the principle because they'll accept Tashlami Kefal. There it says clearly in the Torah that the liability of Kefal is when the guy swears falsely and then witnesses come, as the Gemara explained the Merubah and Samach Gimel Mabes. So then, then when did Rav say this halacha that if you make a shvur you're going to be exempt? It's specifically not Tainus Ganem. It's specific because Tainus Ganem you're going to be chayiv if Adam come afterwards. And moreover, even Tainus Avad, it's not going to be if you swear and then you admit yourself because that he's proving from this brayse clearly that he would be chayiv. Rather, it's when he claims that it was lost from him. V'nishba and he swore, v'loyhoid and he did not admit, uvo edim, and then witnesses came, that's where, and therefore that's resolving both points. The question that Rav Nun asked from the Mishnah Sata Shavuos and the Bryce that Rav brought is both these variables, which is when, and therefore, he, because he explained that Rav doesn't, his halacha does not apply in those two cases. It does not apply when he himself admits, because then he, Rav agrees that he would be chayiv, which addresses Rav Nun's question, and moreover, by the Bryce that Rav brings, it's also because when it's a twain tanas ganev, then he's going to be chayiv, it's only by twain tanas avad, when he doesn't admit, and rather only witnesses come. That's where Rav's halacha was, that then, once the guy took the shvua, even though witnesses later come, he's going to be exempt. Now, as Rav Gamda, Amr Rav Gamda went and he said over this teaching of Rav, that qualified Rav's halacha and said that whenever the guy himself admits, then Rav did not say this, that he's going to be exempt, even though he already made a shvua. He said this over Kamei Ravashi. So Amalei Ravashi said to Rav Gamda, wait a second. Hashda, let's see. Now, Umar Rav Amnuna, if Rav Amnuna, who was Tamidei the Rav, he was a student of Rav. As we know, wherever it says Amri Bey Rav, that they said in the Yeshiva Rav, it's a reference to Rav Amnuna, as the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, David Zayin Mabez. Now, the Yada. And he knew the Amarab, the Rav, that his halacha, even by Haida, even where the guy himself admits after he swore falsely. Now, the reason how Rav Nuna knew this is, I mean, that's what Rav Ash is coming to tell him, is because if he didn't know that Rav exempted the person even after he admitted, then he wouldn't have asked the question from Rav Shimon's halacha of, since he could go back and admit his guilt, and he would have been liable. Instead, he's denying it all those five times, so therefore he's chayv, a carbon shvur for every one of those five, then he wouldn't have asked that question. Yeah, because the guy could admit, and then he would be chayv. It's only when Adam come that he wouldn't be chayv according to Rav. So, if the, the fact that he asked that question, obviously he knew that Rav's halacha was tomat even when the guy admits. And the kamais of haida. And he asked this question when, it's, when, when, when the guy himself admits from Rav Shimon. Fa'at amrit. And you want to come saying over the name of Rava that if the guy himself admits, then there Rav did not say his halacha and that he held that the guy would be, would be chayv? How can you say that when Rav Amnuna, who is the student of Rav, obviously understood his halacha and that's why he had to answer let's study, even in the case of Haida, even when the guy himself admits? So only Rav Acha Saba, Rav Acha, so Rav Acha Saba answered to Rav Acha, he says, wait a second. Rav Amnuna And this is going to change our understanding of the way we understood up until now in Rav Amnuna's question, and hence his answer, it's actually talking about something different, and therefore Rava is not disagreeing with Rav Amnuna, and therefore Rav Asher doesn't have a proof, not like Rav, not like Rava, from Rav Amnuna, who is the student of, of Rav. That wasn't Rav Amnuna's question. Rather, his question was as follows, as a continuum Tamad base. His question was, It's very well understood that if a guy swears, that if Adam later come after he made the first oath, that Mikhaev, that he would be liable to pay for the principal 
after, meaning if witnesses later come, meaning not like Rav Salacha, so then it would make sense to say that, because we're addressing that Mishnah Mesech Deshbuas, where he swore five times, if after the first time that he swore, if witnesses would later come, he would be chayiv, so it makes sense that he still owes him money even after he swore the first time, that would make sense why then for the later Shavuos he's going to be high of a carbon Shavuos from the second time and the third time and so on is because the, although there's a halacha generally that ain't Shavuos halal Shavuos that one oath does not take effect on the other oath so you would think that would exempt him and that is what Rav Amnuna was saying I would understand why it would not exempt him and he would be high of a carbon Shavuos on all one of those five Shavuos because, because since he could go back and admit his guilt between every one of those five times that they gave him a shvua, so it comes out that each one of those are its own individual oath of denying of money because since if Adam would come along, they would be mechaivim, even though he swore already, since he would be chayiv, every time, essentially, it's a new denial of that claim. Because if Adam would come, you'd be chayv. So every time you're denying, you're denying, you're denying the monetary claim. So we understand each one in its own right, not as a shvur bin chal on another one, just because in, in, in the interim, each one witnesses could come, he'd be chayv. So it's a denial each time, fresh and new, and that's why you'd be chayv a couple of on each one. Ela i amrit ki also Adam potter. But this was Ravnana's question. Not regarding the guy's own admission. No. That's what he's explained to Ravashi. His own admission, even agrees he'd be chayiv. The question is, but if you say that when witnesses come, like Rav said, not his own admission, that he would be exempt because he made his own shvu already. Mi'ikamidi, is there really such a thing? Di'ilu asis hadi, umis'ahadi pei, pater, that if witnesses would come along and testify in him that you're a liar, you're saying that it was stolen from you, saying there was lost from you, you're saying whatever the claim is that you're making, and really you ate it, really you have it, and if they would come along, he'd be putter, because that was Rav, that was Rav Hun, Rav Salacha, that if the guy swears, and when this is later come on, Velo Yisham, he doesn't have to pay anymore. Now we're going to go ahead and make him bring a carbon Shavuah, since he himself could come along and admit. But now he did not admit between the two times that he made the Shavuah. And therefore it turns out that really his whole denial was just words and not monetary, because you could not have made him become liable with witnesses' testimony. That was Rav Nunes' question on Rav, and again, that doesn't contradict Rav's qualification. Yes, of course, if he himself would admit it, Bichayev, but what does that have to do with anything? He already denied. Now, how would you make him liable? How is he denying any more money once he made this first Shavua? The only way would be witnesses, but witnesses would not make him be liable, according to Rav, Rav Hunam Rav. And therefore, that was Rav Nunes' question on Rav, and that's what he had to say, let's start in Ketanya, that no one's disagreeing, even Rav would agree to that premise, and that is, as the Mepharshim explained, they misunderstood Rav Amnuna. Rav Amnuna was not as they had thought, asking from the point of which they thought he was trying to say that Rav would say he's even exempt, even himself admits, and that they say no. Now, Rav Amnuna agrees to that principle of Rav, and that's how that answers the question of Rav Ashi, which is if the guy himself admits, he is going to be Chayv, his question was based on, even if he could himself admit, but why should that make a difference if he's not admitting? And the only way, therefore, that he would be considered denying money is if witnesses would be allowed to, and witnesses are not allowed to, because that is Rav Hunam Rav Salach, according to everybody, that once he took a shvu and he didn't admit, and then witnesses come, as, by a case of turning tightness of it, that he's going to be exempt from payment because of the pasuk that he says that if he was makabal the shvu, but he doesn't have to pay anymore. Now, continuing on these halachas, 
Again, by Hatoyin Tainas Gana Bebekadon. This time talking about a guy who, he was a watchman, he was watching somebody's deposit, and then he claims, as a Shemachinim would be exempt, that it was stolen from him. So the halacha is, if witnesses later come on and say that <laughs> you're a liar, you swore falsely, and moreover, we know that you have it, Misham Teshlum Ikevel. So he has to pay, just like a regular Ganav, a guy who is a Shemachinim and claims it was stolen from him, also has to pay double the principal. Let's say Tavuch HaMacher, let's say he slaughtered and or sold it. So then Misham Teshlum HaBavach and he actually even has to pay four or five times the amount, like a regular Ganav who slaughters and sells it. Now, the reason, says Rabbi Yechanan, is since a Ganav, a thief himself, pays double if he's caught with witnesses. Now, so too as we learn elsewhere that so if so, Hashem makes a claim that is stolen from him, also pays Kefal. So, therefore, he says the following comparison. That's what's called a Mamatzino. Just like a thief pays double. When he's Tavachumacha, when he slaughters it or sells it, Misham Teshumabachamish has to pay four or five times that amount. So after in Tan is gone, but the same thing applies to a guy who makes a claim by deposit. Now, Misham just like he has to pay double when he's caught lying, so Tavachumacha, Misham Teshumabachamish, so too when he slaughters or he sells it, he also has to pay four or five times that amount. Now, on this Mamatzino, the Gemara asks, wait a second, how can you compare the two? Malaganov, what are you comparing to a thief? who his liability of paying double is even if he doesn't take a false oath, if he's just caught red-handed holding the thing that he stole. So maybe over there do we say that he has to pay four or five times the amount, because it's the most strange halacha, when he slaughters or sells it. How are you going to compare it through this mamatzinu by someone who claims it was stolen from him, that only has to pay only if he takes an oath, and then witnesses come, again as we learn in Perak Merubah and Dav Samachim Beis, with the whole halacha of Teshlumi Kefal, of Tain Tanis Ganav, is only when he first made a false oath. So who said he has that same halacha of Dal Vehei? So I mean, they said, you're right, it's not a Mamatzinu, it's Hekeshehu. It's actually a Hekesh, which the Pasuk compares the Ganav to the Tain Tanis Ganav, because the Pasuk has them near each other in the Pasuk, where it says, Imi Matzeh HaGanav, if you find the thief, which that talks about a regular thief. Then the Pasuk says, Vim Matzeh if you don't find the thief. Which, what that means to say is, you don't find the thief like the Shemer had said. Rather, it's because he himself had stolen, which that's the halacha of Tain Tanis Ganav, which turns out that he himself was the thief. So, since the Pasuk compares Tain Tanis Ganav to Ganav, the halacha is Ve'imashim in Allah We don't respond, we don't ask questions on a hackers. The Torah is comparing it, even though they wouldn't be exactly the same, and that if, let's say, it was a Mamatzin, we wouldn't compare it, the Torah compares it. So, therefore, again, Dalat Ve'he would apply by Tain Tanis Ganav. Now that the Gemara asks, That only works well, according to the one that has a hekish, where it learns that the one term of Yimotzeh and Imlo Yimotzeh that one's talking about the actual thief, and one's talking about the one who claims that a, a thief stole from him. So th- therefore we have a hekish. But El Lamanda Amar, according to the opinion which you mentioned, Perak Merubadav Samachimun Beis, that Hai Im Yimotzeh Haganav, Ve Imlo Yimotzeh, that these two terms of if you find the thief and if you don't find the thief, Actually, Tavayi between Tanis Ganav, both of them actually refer to the Shemer who claims that it was stolen from him. Because actually, the halacha of the thief himself is not learned out from Imhimatsa Ganav. That's actually learned from a different pasuk of Imhimatsi Tamatsa Biyoda Hagneva, which is learned elsewhere, which is Tomat, a regular thief. So, Michael Mema, according to that opinion, what are you going to say? Where do we find this Hekish, a comparison that the pasuk is comparing Ganav to Tanis Ganav, that we should say that just like Dalvahe applies by Ganav, that applies to Tanis Ganav? So, I mean, they said, because Ganev HaGanev, when it talks about over there in the Pasuk by the Shem Echinam, 
the, there's an extra hey, which it could have said ganav. Instead it says haganav, the thief, which that comes to include for the Tanis ganav to learn that all the halachas of Geneva that apply to a regular ganav, which is kefal and dalvehei, also apply to the Tanis ganav because of the extra hey, which teaches just like the ganav, so too is this ganav, the Tanis ganav. So that's again Rabbi Yechon's halacha. We know it from a hakish. Now, Esavir Bechibar Abba Rabbi Yechon. But Rabbi Abba, who had said this halacha over in the name of Rabbi Yechon, he asked on this halacha on to Rabbi Yechon. We learned in the Brisa that if someone says to another guy, Hechen Shari, where's my ox that I gave you as a deposit? So he says, Nignav, it was stolen from me. I'm a Shemachin, I'm exempt. He says, Mashbeachan, he swear to me that that's what happened. But and he says, yes. Then then witnesses come along and say, you liar, it wasn't stolen from you, you ate it. So Masham Tashlumi Kefal, so he has to pay Kefal because that's the Allah of Tain Tanis Ganav. When the guy claims it was stolen from him and really wasn't, then if witnesses come and say that he had really taken it himself, he has to pay Kefal. Now that asks the Gemara, now, in this case, it's not, if this guy ate it, as witnesses testify, it's not possible for one to eat even a piece of small olive-sized flesh of an ox without first for slaughtering it. So obviously this guy who claimed it was stolen from him also slaughtered it, and that's inferred from the testimony of the witnesses. And yet Ukitani Mishalm Tashlumi Kefal. And yet only thing that the Brisa says is that he has to pay Kefal, which is Tashlumi Kefal in. It's saying only has to pay double, but Tashlumi Dalva Heloi doesn't have to pay four or five times the amount. Now that contradicts Rabbi Yechon's halacha. Because since here, obviously he slaughtered, and he was 20 times his gallon, according to Rabbi Yechon, he should have to pay four or five times the amount. So that the Gemara says, no, what are we talking about here in this price? He ate non-kosher. He, never, he didn't slaughter it. He didn't sell it or slaughter it. He just took a, a bite out of this, this animal, which wasn't properly slaughtered. So he never did a, a, a shechita, and that's why he wasn't chayav dal v'hei. Now the Gemara wonders, why do you have to say that there was no shechita? Let the Gemara have answered where there was a shechita, but he ate it that it had a mortal defect. Because there is Reb Shimon that's brought on Daf Ainim at Aleph that says that if you slaughter an animal and you find it to be trefa, that you're, get, you're going to be exempt from Dal Behe because that's not a kosher shechita. So why don't you say that's the case that it was told about? That's why it wasn't high for Dal Behe. And that the Gemara answers that because Reb Yechanan is Kerem Meir. He was the Kerem Meir. The Ahmed that he says, not like Reb Shimon, the shechita she'ena ru'uya a slaughtering, which is not fit meaning for consumption, because it, there was something wrong with the animal. Let's say if it was a trefa, it had a moral defect. But since it was a regular kosher slaughtering, although it's not going to make the animal kosher because it was a trefa, Shema Shechita holds that it is considered a slaughtering, and therefore if it was a trefa, actually Rebbe Yechim that it would be Chayav Dal So therefore he had, he had to explain the Bryce. He says, you're Patim Dal that there was no Shechita done in the first place. It was just an avail. It was dead animal carcass. But the Gemara still asks, Falashani lay, let Rebbe Yechim have answered that it's Tumah with a guy who stole the animal, stole Bebent Pekua. He stole the ben pakur, which is a type of an animal that was discovered in the mother's womb, which is that the, 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 an animal was slaughtered, and then after they slaughtered the animal, they open up the stomach and they find a living calf inside, and then they take it out, where there is those who say that such an animal is going to be kosher even without slaughtering, as the Gemara brings the Cholendaf Ayn Dalma base, which it brings over there from Shem Shazuri that says even if the animal is five years old and they're just plowing the field, the mother slaughtering, which what this animal was in, in her womb, purifies and koshers this animal. You could just take a bite out of this animal because it's like it's slaughtered. So ask the Gemara, why don't you say that's the case? That it, you don't have to say ate 
on the veil of the animal carcass tray. If you could say, I actually ate a kosher animal, ben pakur, but there was no slaughtering because it was a ben pakur, which doesn't have to be shechted. That the Gemara says again, Rabbi Yechon is again Kirib Meir that's brought over there in Shechita Shulin. Doesn't that he said Ben Pekur Toin Shechita? He actually disagrees. He says such an animal that's plowing five years old does need to be slaughtered, and therefore again, you have to say then either that there was it must be that it was Nevela because or else then he had shechted it, and then because you can't eat a Ben Pekur without shechting it, and if you do, then it is a Nevela essentially, and that's why he had to explain that's the case of that there was no Dal Vehe because it was no Shechita. But the Gemara still asks, for the Shanile, you could have answered, bedin. You could have said that beforehand, they had already had a court case. And the guy had said that it was stolen from me, and even swore to that effect. Then witnesses came and said, it's not true that he himself stole it. <clears throat> and the courts made him liable. Moreover, the court said to him, say, Tanloi, go out and give him the principal and the kafel, because witnesses came and verified that you're a liar, that you yourself stole it. Now, then afterwards he slaughtered it and then he ate it. Why didn't Rabbi Yechonah say that's the case where you're going to be paying kafel for the shvu that you made, but you're actually going to be exempt for the slaughtering? Why? Because the Amar Rabbi said, if the courts tell him, say Tenla, go out and give him the money that you owe him. And then Tabachamacha, then he goes and even the court said, you're a liar. You claim they were stolen from you? You have it, and you got to pay kafel now. Now, he, and they say, so give him back his animal and give him the kafel. And instead of doing that, he actually slaughters the animal or sells it. His pot is going to be exempt for the dal vehe on the tvicha or mechir. Why? My time. What's the reason? Because kivin de paski since the court already adjourned, it was already decided already that you owe this money to that guy. You lied. You, you, you actually took it yourself, and then he slaughters or sells it. Have a goslin. He's already a thief because the court said you can't do anything with it. You got to give it back. The moment he starts not giving it back to them, it's he's just a robber. Now, when he later, then a few hours later, slaughters it or sells it, but goslin a goslin doesn't pay four or five times the amount because actually only a ganav that pays four or five times. A ganav is that we don't know about. A goslin is a straight out guy who rips it away. There, it's only only a guy who's, who robbed. In other words, a guy who did it stealthily that no one knows about, in contrast to a Gazan, this guy's a straight-up Gazan. Everyone knows the court paskin already, and if he slaughters it, therefore he's going to be exempt in the Dal Now, just to finish off the Allah of Rava before the Gemara concludes the question, but if, let's say, but let's say they didn't say, go out and give him. They said, you're liable to give it to him, and and then he slaughters or sells it, then Chayv actually would be liable in Dal for that. My time, well, what's the reason? Because says, as long as the court didn't adjourn yet, a katiganov, he's still a ganov because it's not straight out theft, it's not goslin, because they didn't pass it all the way. They said, you're liable. When they come and they come and they decide the court and they say, go out and give it, that already is a straight up goslin. So, but therefore, the Gemara is asking, why do Biyachin have to say it's talking about in the Vela? And that's why it's a case of not to contradict his halacha, that you're not going to be chayav dal on 20 times ganav, just say it's talking that there was already a court case beforehand, and then they told him to save it ten loy, and then he's where he slaughtered it. There is where he, although he ate it, he's not going to be chayav dal because he's a gazna, not a ganav. So, I mean, they said, okay, well, Taimech, according to your reasoning, you're asking all these questions. Why didn't he say like this? Why didn't he answer like this? I could tell you. Lishanile, he could have answered something else. Bishutav shetavach shlemidas chaveri. It can be told about a partner in crime who slaughtered the animal without his partner's awareness. In other words, if let's say partners steal an animal, then one of the two partners slaughters it without his friend's awareness or without his friend's consent. 
which the Gemara said in Perek Merubah, on the Fine Chesim Abayz, that that guy is going to be exempt from Dal Vehei. Why? Because the Torah says the liability of Dal Vehei is only Chamisha Bakr, five cattle, but not five half a cattle. Now here in this case, you can't say Utavache, that he slaughtered the whole thing in liability, because only half of his, well, only half of the animal that, he, that was slaughtered was his part that he stole. It's his partner who stole the other half. Now moreover, although he is slaughtering his partner's half, that he can't be chayef for slaughtering or selling after that because that would be considered stealing from the stealer. Going to Minaganev, and the halacha is that the Tvich Mechira is only from the, from the Beis Abal, but not if you steal or slaughter from the Ganev himself. Now, but however, as Rashi points out, if let's say it was Midas Chaver, let's say the guy, one of the two partners was slaughtering it with his friend's consent, then actually both of them would pay Dal Behei because then he would be his agent. And the Gemara already says that the word Tachas comes to include H Shliach. So therefore, he says, what are you asking all these questions? I could also tell you a case that Rebbe could have answered, that there would be Kefal, but there wouldn't be Dal Behei, which is when one of the two partners does it. And since he didn't do a full Tavachai, and there's only going to be Chamisha Chatsi Bakr, and not a full Bakr, because only one of the two partners did it, that then, yes, he's part of Dal Behei. So, so what are you telling me? So what am I answering you? Elachad, the Mitrei Betlas, and Akad, you're right. One out of two out of three types of answers is what Rabbi Yechonin said. You're right, he didn't have to say Neveli. He could have said something else. You had a, 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 a case he could have said. I have a case he could have said. But that's not a difficulty because he just picked one out of the many types of answers he could have given. Why well, it's not difficult. And it's Alocha, that although Tony Times Ganem has Alocha of Dal Vehei, but this case was talking about when there is no Dal Vehei. Either because there was no Shechita, or yeah, because of one of the partners, or because of one of the other approaches that's possible to explain that Halacha. Now another related halacha, again from V'amr B'chir B'rabba Amr B'yechanan, says that Toyin is Ganev Ba'aveda, not by a shamer, not a pakadon, <clears throat> not a guy who's watching a deposit for somebody, rather someone who found a lost object. And then the guy comes to him and says, hey, I heard you found my lost object. He goes, yes, but it was stolen from me. Which, the, that opinion holds that it's like a shamer chinam, which he would be exempting himself if he says that it's stolen from him. So then it turns out that he was lying. So the Allah is Masham Teshlumi Kevul. He has to pay the double penalty. Now, my time, what's the reason? Because the Chseva says in the passing in Shemais, over there in that context of this halacha of paying Kevul, it says, regarding all lost objects that'll say, the passing there concludes, Yesham Shnaim, he has to pay double. So you see, the halacha of Kevul is not just by a Shemu who's turning times Ganav, even by a guy who's watching a lost object, not just by a Pekard, but by a Veda too, also will have to pay Kevul. Now, that is the Abba Bamamal Rebchir Abba. He asked, so Rebbe Chibar Abba, who was saying over this halacha, the Rebbe Yechon, he asked him the following b'risa. The previous pasig says, it says, Ki'itin ish, when a man will give this deposit to the shimer, and then the guy claims that it was stolen from me, and then turns out he was lying, then he has to pay cave. Says the b'risa, it's only when the man gives the deposit. But ain't cut and klum. But the giving of the deposit of a minor to this person to watch over him is nothing. Because the Pazik says ish, which excludes a minor. Which, that is, you don't have to swear on the claim of the giving of a minor. And therefore you'll never come to having to pay kefal based on the claim of the minor. Because the whole parasha of kefal is based on a shvua. And you don't have to take a shvua on the claim of a minor. Says the Bryce of Ainli Elishanasna Kishukatan, Vitavikishukatan. Now I would only know based on that that only if the claim if the if the giving was by a minor, and that when he also came to claim it from the guy who he deposited by, well it was also a minor. In other words, because you could say that when it says ish, uh, that it has to be an adult, was going on right now. And therefore you would say that kiyitain, that when the guy gives, meaning someone that's right now a man, Bishas the Tain, although it says Keaton ish. 
but you would say the kiyitain, that's someone that gives, who right now when he's coming to claim it is an ish, that's what we're excluding, but if someone that gave it and right now is still a minor, that's who we would say that, okay, such a person, you wouldn't have to pay careful because you don't have to take an oath on such a person. But if right now he would be an ish, maybe I wouldn't exclude such a person. And therefore continues the brysa, Nasna Kishu Cotton, if he when he gave the deposit to the guy to watch him, he was a minor. But but when he came to claim it, if he was already an adult, how do you know that even in such a case that the that the shamer is going to be exempt from the shwa and from the kafel? That's what the Pasuk teacher says, the Brisa, until the courts will come both of their claims, which is the Pasuk is equating Kiyitain and the court case, which is the Nasina and the Hamadabadin, one to the other, which is because it's saying ad, as if until, like it's a continuum, they're, they're related, until the giving and the claiming are going to be the same. In other words, that by both of them we need that the guy who's making the claim is going to be an ish, is going to be an adult. That's what the Brisa says. And that asks the Gemara of him, Isan, if Rabbi Yechon is correct, to have a name but let this case of the minor, who when he gave it was a minor, but when he's claiming he's an adult, be just like the halacha of a lost object. By a lost object, no one gave it to this shamer. He found it on his own. And yet, when the guy comes to claim it, he, he can make the guy make a shvur and to be chayv and kefal. So if so, if this guy who's coming to claim, who was originally a minor when they gave it to him, when he's coming to claim it is an adult, he should make the guy liable for a shvur and hence a kefal, even though there was no nesina. Because you're right. There was no Nasina, because when he gave it, he was a minor. But by Yenavid, it is never Nasina, and yet Yerbechner says that if the guy is turning time this Ganav, there's going to be Chayav Kefal. So why over here, by the, by the case of the cotton, if at least when he's claiming he's an adult, is the guy not going to be Chayav Kefal? So on that, says the Gemara, Amalei, he responded to him. He says, What are we talking about here in this case of the Brisa? Is is when the shamer consumed the deposit, meaning he was lying all along, he claimed it was stolen from him, really, he consumed it himself, is when he consumed the deposit, let's say it was a food item, or whatever it is that he, he, he ruined it beforehand, when Kishuhu, when the one who had given him the deposit, was still a cotton, was still a minor. In other words, this pakad never had eligibility to be a claim at all, because when it was destroyed from the world, the guy was still a minor. So although he's an adult when he's coming to claim it, but there's nothing for you to claim because it was already not here in this world when you were still a minor. But by the case of a lost object, that from the moment that it came to the hand of the guy who found it, at that moment it already became liable because there are owners that could come with a claim and claim it from him. So you're right, you don't need an Asina, but you need to have eligibility for a claim. That you have by an Aveda because there is an adult. Whereas by the minor, Although you don't need the giving, and by the time he claimed it, he was an adult, but at the time of the misappropriation, he was still a minor. So therefore, there's no one here to make a claim, because a minor cannot make a claim, therefore he's exempt. But that doesn't contradict the Allah, who was talking about an Aveda, where, yeah, there, even without an Asina, but there was someone that could make the claim, and when he misappropriated, it was against an adult, and that's why he's going to be chayyah for kefal. Now, that the Gemara asks, what are you saying? You're saying, but if, if he was an adult, then what are you saying? Then you're saying that the guy would have to pay because when the minor becomes an adult and they become someone that could have a claim, so this guy is obligated to litigate with him even though that there was no giving as you're trying to answer that to parallel by Naveda. So on that, ask the Gemara, but if that's the case, instead of the Brisa teaching, 
that the only way the guy will have to swear and thus be kefal is when the guy who's claiming he gave him the deposit was both the same when he gave it to him and when he claimed it from him, which that he has to be an ish. That's not true. According to the way you're answering, listening, you should say, as long as the consumption and the claiming will be the same, that he'll be an adult. You said he don't need to have a giving, just like you have by Aveda. So why does it say until the Nesina and Tviya are the same? It should say, it should say until the Achila and Tviya are the same. So Malahi answered, you're right, Tanei, Achatei Achila V'Tviya Shamekechad. You're right, it shouldn't say until the giving and the claiming is one. It should really mean to say until the eating and the claiming is the same as one. That's what you have to be an ish for. You're right, but in the case of the Bryce, we're talking about where he was a minor at the time of the, of the Achila, and that's why, and that case is exempt. But if he was already an adult, then you're right, he would be chayav, like Rebbe Yochanan by Aveda, because it doesn't have to be a giving. Or another answer for the original question, if Ashiyami says, that lay dummy, you can't compare the two cases. What are you asking from Rebbe Yochanan on Rebbe from that b'risa? Aveda ka'asi mekoyach bendas. A lost object comes from the power of an adult, someone that has intelligence. So therefore, yes, although there was no giving, but when the guy's turning time is gone, he's going to be chayav. But vaha over here by the deposit of a minor, it's not coming from the power of, of, of an adult, of someone that has intelligence. So therefore, there's not going to be any chiv. Meaning, we were asking, wait a second, you see from Aveda that you don't need a sina, so if here is an adult when he's claiming, you see you don't need a nasina. So that simply contradicts Rebbech. And that the Gemara is answering in the second answer of Ravashi that no, it's not that you don't need a nasina, it's more than what is it that, the, that, that who, uh, whose thing are you taking? Here it's coming from a bendas by the Aveda, and therefore right away you become liable if you make a transcendent. Whereas here, where it was coming, who gave it to you? It, was, it doesn't have to be an act of giving. When you got it by an Aveda, you got it from a bendas, and here, even though he actively gave it to you, but it was coming from someone that's not a bendas, and that's why there's not going to be a chiv of shvu, and hence you're not going to be chayiv for the Allah of Kevu, but that doesn't contradict your birch in the of Aveda, that when he's a toy in Tainas Ganav, he's also going to be chayiv in the Allah of Tashlumi Kevu.